celebrating Emirati Women's Day yet again with another episode where we, uh, episode after episode, are joined by amazing guests and amazing women who have really broken boundaries right here in the UAE, Dubai, but inspiring people globally. And this episode is absolutely no different. I'm joined by Yasmin Baker, who is the first Emirati aerial instructor. Uh, she has never believed in letting society get in the way of her ambitions, and she has truly managed to dispel stereotypes, be in the field of sports, science, or the arts. Yasmin, welcome to The Road Podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Now, your reputation really, <laughs> I mean, it is amazing. I've, I've spoken to so many people that are like, Yasmin, yeah. So, so you're doing something right. Good, and good. that's why I'm very excited for this conversation. Um, you have achieved so much as a, a young Arab woman. How does it, how does it feel? Do you ever have moments where you're like, oh, I did that? It's funny that you ask it in that way because when I look back, you know, in the grand scheme of things, when you say it like that, I recognize like, yeah, there have been a lot of things I can say I checked off my bucket list or to-do list or achievement lists or a lot of goals that I've met, but I didn't realize I was doing it in the moment. Mm -hmm. It just kind of, one thing came after the next and I'm, you can say, very curious by nature. Maybe that's the, the scientist in me. Mm -hmm. and. Once something, you know, triggered my curiosity, I just wanted to go for it and mm -hmm. explore it. And whether that was sports, whether that was different career paths, whether that was uh, the groups of people I became friends with. So it was just kind of something I wanted to see, check out, and then ended up becoming a lot of times something bigger. Mm -hmm. So I'm grateful. I'm, I feel like it's an excellent growing experience, an excellent opportunity to just kind of gain something for myself, hopefully for others. So mm. yeah, grateful would be the right word. Definitely for others. I mean, you are such a ro role model in everything that you have done and achieved. I would love for you to talk us through, first of all, what made you get into, uh, you know, being what you became and breaking those boundaries? So I think, you know, before any of the on paper titles of aerialist or, mm -hmm. or my career choices or, you know, the, the area of sustainability, it was kind of a certain set of personality traits that came together at the right time when I was growing and in evolving in terms of mindset that encouraged all of those things. So, you know, a lot of times we start off these conversations talking about my journey with aerial silks and aerial arts, and that started when I was away, when I was kind of exploring my independence in the US, I was a student there, and I picked a class that was totally unrelated to what I went to the US for, again, mm -hmm. the curiosity thing. And it was um, called a movement class. And I was just thinking, you know, what more free way and unique way to move than in all directions, mm -hmm. suspended, not limited by ground or another person or what you're wearing or certain music. And that's the ultimate form of expression. I don't even know what it's called, mm -hmm. but I want to do my project on this. And I also wasn't like an avid fitness person. I had never really gone to a gym before that. Mm -hmm. I was athletic and I enjoyed certain things, but there was just this thing and I said, you know what, what's the harm in trying it? Let me try it. I learned that I was horrible mm -hmm. at it and something <laughs> in that horrible first class sparked me to, to want to continue. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how that trajectory happened. And then from there, I was like, okay, so I found this weird sport. They definitely don't have it back home yet. Mm -hmm. um, I allowed myself permission to be horrible at it, so kind of breaking away from 
perfectionistic mm -hmm. and you know impatience and that kind of thing. I didn't realize in the process of me getting into it how much I was learning and how much I was gaining. Now when I look back, I can see it. But that's kind of what propelled me to be like, okay, I had no idea I was going to get so much from this one thing that just was a question mark in my head. So never again leave those question <laughs> marks. Try everything, explore mm -hmm. everything, have conversations with different people. There's so much to gain that we don't even know is possible mm -hmm. until we until we put ourselves in that situation. Yeah, but this mindset, like for 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 someone as young as you were, you know, uh, it's just it it sounds so unique for its time as well. You know, especially culture, society, community, whatever you want to call it, family, friends who are all conditioned and set in a certain mindset. For you to be someone who is thinking out of that mindset would have been challenging at the time. Definitely. And I have to credit, you know, in, in a lot, if not in most parts, my parents. I think the culmination of that um, has resulted from me taking certain qualities from, from both of them. My mom is a very strong uh, resilient, perseverant uh, kind of character. She definitely ha plays that role, whereas mm -hmm. my dad is adventurous and always encouraged us to kind of try things that, let's say, as kids, maybe relatively speaking, other parents would not have mm -hmm. you know, pushed, let alone let, but yeah. pushed their, their kids to, to try. So that kind of has always been brewing since, since we were kids. And then, you know, just we grew up a little bit out of the box. My siblings and I went to an international community, so uh, in, in international school, sorry. So from there, already we were picking up different perspectives that maybe our other Emirati peers were not able to see at that time. Mm -hmm. I think it's very different now. Mm -hmm. But that exposure was there. So when you have so many things, there's going to be something that's bound to trigger, you know, this curiosity and this urge to try and this, this kind of self-approval, like you allow yourself to mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. And then once that box is checked, it's a little bit smooth sailing mm. from there. I think it's so beautiful that, that your parents were so behind you throughout it all, because mm. I'm so aware that a lot of families, a lot of kids, um, even grown adults now probably looking back are like, I never, mm -hmm. I never had that. So that's so wonderful that, that you did that. And within, within society, like, did you feel that, oh, I'm, I'm a bit of an alien? Like, did you know, because yeah. there's this like hybrid of belonging, like do I belong here, do I belong there? We're yeah. all human, we want to feel like we belong somewhere. Yeah, so I'm going to answer you and also tie it back to the point about parents. Like in the sense of, for, for me, yes, it, it was just luck of the draw that yeah. I ended up having that backing. But that's also where inspiration becomes so, so important. And I, and I think this is a very, very personal take, but it's one that I feel so strongly about. I think if, if, you're someone who's been in a position where you've had this luck of the draw mm -hmm. and been able to see what you can achieve with that backing, then sharing it with other people who may not have the same circumstances or may not be aware of the circumstances around mm -hmm. them or of potential interests or, or things that they might be able to do, it becomes so important to share those experiences and be open about it and mm -hmm. about all parts, the great parts and the learnings, but also about the struggle mm -hmm. so that other people from different kind of denominations or mm -hmm. different circumstances can also feel like this is something that I can also attain. I don't, if I don't get kind of the backing from one side mm -hmm. or if 
if I'm limited in a certain other area, I've seen so-and-so person be able to do this and I've had a conversation. So maybe, you know, what's the harm? I can just try. Mm. So the, this inspiration and kind of sharing, I think is something that is so, so fundamental. And I think it's something that now is way more talked about, way more widespread than it was back in the time when kind of I was dabbling with yeah, different things. You kind of think, oh gosh, I wish I was doing it now because mm-hmm. it would have been a lot of an easier yeah. journey. Um, but for you, I mean, it was great that everyone was behind you and your parents uh, and your parents mm-hmm. were as well. And then how did you, because to be young, to be resilient, that doesn't happen overnight either. You know, you really have to build that strength mm-hmm. up. People, kids are mean, people are horrible. They can say horrible things. Yeah. How did you get through that as an individual? It builds a lot of self-awareness, emotional awareness, and I really, really hone in on this point, empathy. When you go through anything that's a struggle, and people, you know, I'm speaking as an Emirati who's maybe done certain things that in the past were considered unconventional, but when you go through something unconventional, you can relate to someone else who's going through their own kind of unconventional, and Mm -hmm. that could be something uh, public, like in my sense, you know, certain sports, but it also could be something private, like you could be going through your own private struggle and be surrounded by a community of Emiratis who on paper, you know, share a lot of values and foundations that, that you have, but can still feel like an alien. Mm-hmm. So I think this openness, this empathy, this vulnerability, vulnerability is what kind of, w- when you own, mm-hmm. this is my struggle and you know what, it's not my fault, but I'm learning from it. That there's so much power in that. Mm. Did you have moments? Because I I'm a ex semi professional tennis player, mm-hmm. and you know traveling the world and not really you know being homeschooled mm-hmm. and all these kind of things, I felt so alone. In so many moments, even though I had the support of my family and friends, and you know you weren't a normal uh, college mm-hmm. university student where you were going out experiencing those social yeah. kind of exa- mm-hmm. things. Um, how did you how did you get through that, and what got you through those alone moments? I think. Again, I'm, I'm saying this on the other side, yeah. I guess, but there were periods at certain times in my life, quite young, I mm-hmm. would say, this is not university, I, th- mm-hmm. I would say beforehand, where I really struggled to wrap my head around my identity. Of course, at the time, I, c- I wouldn't speak about it in the same way. It was just a feeling mm-hmm. like of being a bit awkward, sometimes not getting invited to certain gatherings. Like you said, kids are mean. Mm-hmm. And the second you start, you know, coming up with something that seems out of the ordinary, it wasn't that um, the level of empathy, you know, those kinds of conversations were had a lot less back then Mm -hmm. than they are now, which Mm -hmm. is great and a big relief. But I think you just kind of be patient through it because there is so much learning. Like like I said, I don't think, had I not gone through that kind of difficult, I was also a very runty, <laughs> runty kid. So everyone else was kind of like growing taller and going to parties and I was still like, you know, at my braces and was <laughs> tiny and, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But had I not waited in that discomfort for as long as I did, I wouldn't be able to maybe relate to as many people as I feel like I can now mm-hmm. or have conversations or really feel for someone else even if their struggle is one that I will never face mm-hmm. and one that I haven't experienced before and I don't get, but just the fact that I've gone through that feeling with a different kind of you know, covering over it, mm-hmm. it's, it's a really powerful lesson. 
It is, and and you are such a role model to so many for what you for what you've done. But just you as a person, as a human, and and the energy that you put out is just wonderful. But I would love to know if you had role models growing up. Oh my gosh. Or even so now, I think even now as as grown adults, we have role models. I think there's as well. so many people now who I just think are so cool. Like Emirati Women's Day is the best platform to start seeing these because you know back in the day. Um, when I was younger, before any aerial, any sports, any kind of public facing anything, before I figured myself out, there was a handful maybe of people who were out there. There wasn't social media. There's mm-hmm. al- that's also you know a huge a huge mm-hmm. part of it. Yeah. But there wasn't many people who were saying, "Look, I'm doing this, and it's out there, and it's different." Or I choose to wear this kind of clothes, or color my hair this way, or do this kind of art, or pursue this career. I choose to you know ride motorbikes or mm-hmm. whatever else. Yeah. So there was a lot less kind of ability to tack your experience onto someone else's and this is where social media becomes and just media in general Mm -hmm. but social media of course becomes so powerful because now you're like oh my god there's this Emirati woman going to space there's an Emirati woman who you know uh, I don't know what you call it drives the metro Mm -hmm. there's uh, race car drivers and artists and people who just choose to present themselves in whatever way they choose uniquely Mm -hmm. there's business kind of leaders who have totally broken the norms of what a business leader should look like and how businesses and work uh, uh, environments and that should be set. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, there, you just open the door for other people to do their own unique thing. Mm-hmm. And, and do you feel that pressure, though, even to this day, to still be a responsible role model to people? I, <laughs> I don't think I've ever used the word role model mm-hmm. or heard it in context. It's a bit like funny for me yeah. to, to think <laughs> of it like that because it's not something, again, I've actively, you know, I never had a goal to be, be a role model. Mm-hmm. I just hope that certain learnings that I've had in different times or phases of my life can resonate with someone and hopefully help mm. break something for them that is an unnecessary limitation that they don't know is unnecessary yet. But... Um, Remind me of your question again. This is when I go off on a tangent. The, um, what did I ask? <laughs> <laughs> I told you this would happen. <laughs> yeah. What did I ask? <laughs> a role model. Was that the question? Yes. Yeah, so do you feel responsible? Do you feel responsible? That's the one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Don't throw it back at me. <laughs> very existential. <laughs> it's so true. Okay, so do you ever feel the pressure to be a responsible role model, so to say? In a nutshell, yes. And I don't think it's very responsible to not be responsible at, about how you, you position yourself when you're aware that you have an audience and an audience that comprises different kinds of people with different mindsets, different uh, preconceived notions about women, Arab women, Emirati culture, whatever else. And, and yeah, so I think it's, it's extremely important to paint a picture that resonates with different people mm-hmm. um, touch wood I feel like I've been able to do that I've never had a conversation that has become hostile or I felt like people were unfairly kind of just judging me because sometimes people can mm-hmm. and in the few instances where there was backlash or or just negative kind of naysayers from behind the mm-hmm. screen it's just always become a positive conversation because I'm like why uh, where's this stemming from mm-hmm. You're, you're seeing one side of maybe something and having certain feelings about 
something I said or did or am or mm-hmm. represent. And so, like, tell, tell me more. Like, I genuinely yeah. want to know. And I think that's the thing. At the end of the day, we have so much more in common with people who seem so different mm-hmm. than, than we think. Mm-hmm. And we're very quick to face criticism, hostility with defensiveness or reverse criticism and hostility. And so if there's anything that I feel the most responsible for, it's even beyond go try new sports or you know choose a career path that suits you and is sort of maybe unconventional, but that's okay, is to not be so, kind of be open to other people, even those that you think there's no way you could be open with, lead with kindness. Mm-hmm. It speaks more about yourself Mm-hmm. Than, than the other person and it's just I've seen that so often when you lead with, with kindness you, you receive it back even mm-hmm. if it doesn't start that way but that cycle has to break and it just benefits so many more people mm-hmm. than perpetuating this they said a mean thing to me so I said something mean back and uh, you know mm-hmm. so on and so forth we just make it more okay for people to be vulnerable about their shared humanity, shared Mm -hmm. human qualities. Yeah, and then that's why I think Dubai and the UAE in general is such a beautiful place because of the people from all different walks of life you know we we kind of have access to them if we if we choose to do so and if if you're right if our minds are open Mm -hmm. as well. Um, you your journey has evolved so much Uh, I would love for you to tell us what what you're doing now and how how your journey has changed that is a great question and it's a weird one for me to answer because the phase I'm at now is probably the most different and the the weirdest for me than any of the other phases Mm -hmm. I've experienced I'm a very on-the-go person Um, in Arabic we have a saying that goes uh, like peach duda. My husband tells me this all the time. It means you have like a worm in your <laughs> system, yeah. which basically means you can't sit still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought that after my last job, which was with Expo mm-hmm. 2020, which was so dynamic, so engaging, it took a lot. It took a lot of the resources <laughs> and tapping into resources. I thought after that came to a stop, I'm going to have which in parts I am having, Mm -hmm. this major existential crisis. I'm not going to be able to know what to do with myself and where to go next. And I think I'm trying to embrace just this downtime. Mm -hmm. It's not been 100% downtime, Mm -hmm. but it's just this kind of unknown Mm -hmm. and not being able to, you know, go from one job with the next one already lined up, with the next, uh, knowing what the next week will look like. And I thought I would last a month doing this. I think uh, it's been a couple of months since that fixed phase has ended. So I'm just kind of having conversations like this Mm -hmm. one with some old friends, with new friends, with strangers. I'm kind of tapping into some new skills that I've had kind of at the back of my mind for a long time, but also taking time to just chill with my dog (laughs) and be with my family and yeah, drive for longer periods than I normally would, which for me, is the more foreign thing to do. Mm. And it's so interesting because it's those things, though. It's those things that make us human. Mm-hmm. It's the moments with our dogs. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the conversations okay. that we have with the people that mean so much to us mm-hmm. or even strangers. And the pandemic was such an interesting time because what came out of the pandemic was people losing their jobs against their will, mm-hmm. unfortunately, but also people having moments where they're like, 
I'm not doing what I love mm -hmm. anymore. So for what you're talking about is so important, pandemic or not, but for people to have their moments to themselves, which I feel like a lot of people have fear to sit with themselves a lot of the time. Did mm -hmm. you have those moments for someone who's always on the go? It, at times, yes. But I think, um, and maybe I credit my work choices for this, we had to do a lot of, let's say, traveling on mm. our own. That built such a muscle in me and such a, not just a, a tolerance for being on my own, but I actually loved it. You know, when you err on the side of being too busy, too social, too kind of on the go, when you can just say, I'm gonna wake up when I wanna wake up, and maybe I'll get a lot of things done mm. today, but I'm okay to do them on my own, in my own time, on my own terms, have a dinner by myself and maybe have people look at me a little bit strangely, mm. whether or not I think that's in my head or whether they're actually doing it, and actually just enjoy. Mm. Actually just enjoy without any of this kind of outside clutter. Mm. It's so peaceful, I, I adore it now. Yeah, yeah. it sounds beautiful. Mm. I wish I could <laughs> join yeah. you on that. But people do have this idea, you know, oh, I have to go through school, I have to get to university, then after university I have to make sure I come out of university with a job, and then with that job it has to then lead me to somewhere, and then by the age of 30 I want to be on this amount of money, I want to be married, I want to have two kids, I want to be living in a house. Ugh. There is this like set recipe or map out for all of us that is kind of like one size fits all. Definitely. And it's it's really difficult, and I'm so glad we need to have more and more conversations like this. Uh, and the, are these conversations that you have in your inner circle as Definitely. well? Definitely. Definitely, and I think the more conversations you have with people and the more open you are, which in turn allows people to be more open about their experience, you'll find that everyone has this heightened awareness of where they think they should be mm -hmm. in relation to other people who they don't know are also feeling the same way yeah. in some sh way, shape, or form. So being able to recognize, you know, okay, I might look like I'm at the right, quote-unquote, phase of my life, but I also be might be feeling odd at this phase or that I need to go back to something else or misplaced. And more often than not, like there's more people who are experiencing that and it makes it so much lighter when we recognize that, when mm -hmm. we can have conversations, like you said, like this, and be like, how about we just stop putting pressure <laughs> yeah. to be at a certain place, to be a certain way. So it's not even like phase of life, it's also be a certain way. If you are from this place, you need to be like this. If you are not, you could face real or imagined criticism. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's just, it's harsh. It's a harsh way to exist. And it takes a lot of self-reflection to b break through that and to really be um, authentic and have a conversation with yourself mm -hmm. and say, you know what? I can answer any question about my abnormalness mm -hmm. in relation to my culture or other women my age or whatever other kind of boxes we're, we're looking at. And whatever question you have, I've already done the thinking. I can answer it with full confidence and maybe that confidence will inspire you to be like, oh, actually, was that a big deal that mm. they colored their hair this color or you know they chose to go down this line of work? And when you see people just be so confident with it, you're like, oh, okay, they're not making it a big deal. They're not hesitating when I kind of poked a little bit. Mm -hmm. 
so it, it mustn't be a big deal. Yeah. Next conversation. Mm. Yeah. Which is why it's so important to surround yourself with people you can talk to, mm-hmm. though, uh, because I think that kids nowadays as well can, especially with social media, get into the wrong circles or get sucked into mm-hmm. that culture. Um, for you, was that something that you were always aware of, the people around you, the friends, the, you know, cousins, the family? It was so important what, what is feeding your energy and mm-hmm. what you're feeding back to. Yeah, I think it's, it's so hard, like you said, also with social media. I don't think I grew up... I grew up a little bit mm-hmm. with social media, but not always. But I think you don't grow up thinking until, until it hits you like a brick wall when you're struggling with something do I need to question whether or not this matters? You just automatically assume it does. Mm -hmm. And that's part of being a teenager in some ways because you're trying to fit in and you're trying to figure out, you know, so this is the trend and so I need to be doing this and I need to be doing what's in and what's cool. But later on you realize what's so much cooler is when I can speak for myself Mm -hmm. and question, do I really need to be hanging out with, with this person or doing this thing that doesn't feel very me? because I think someone is going to say something. And that's also the other thing about someone is going to say something. Half the time, people don't have time to think mm-hmm. or you know, beyond five minutes about how strange or abnormal or whatever you're being. And also, the reality is, no matter what you do, someone could have something, something mm-hmm. to say. You could be um, you know, on one end of a personality type or on the other, and on both ends, some someone somewhere will have something to say. So you might as well speak up for yourself, Yeah. do what's true to you, and kind of alleviate that weight of social pressure from mm-hmm. you. Absolutely. Uh, very beautifully said, actually. And um, and I would love to ask you, because seeing as we are celebrating Emirati Women's Day as well, how do you feel like you know things have evolved over time and it's such a progressive country uh, beautifully growing in the right direction I, I i actually think the foundations have always been mm-hmm. laid right from the beginning um how do you think this country has really i guess contributed to helping you become the woman you are today i think again it's like you said it's gone through so much growth that to be on the bandwagon during this time it just makes it so that all of these conversations are so fresh and exciting and we're able to to build on like you said foundations that were set on simplicity and straightforward and just being hospitable and and good and recognizing the the certain traditional values and and cultural things that make sense but also being open to evolving and not sticking with certain things that don't make sense at a certain point in time it made sense for people to be a certain way, live a certain lifestyle, women to be a certain way, live a certain lifestyle. But the the openness to evolve is what really opens doors for everyone Mm -hmm. and makes things better for everyone. It's not saying that a woman, for example, at a certain point, entering the workforce is good for only women. No, it's good for everyone. It's good for the business. It's good for households. It's good for the country. It's good for so many different things. So it's recognizing that when we open these doors, there's things to be gained as a collective, not Mm -hmm. just for the person who's doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people think it's fighting tradition. I think that it's actually just evolution Mm -hmm. at its finest. Mm -hmm. Of course, Every society over generations, over hundreds of years has changed mm-hmm. uh, and you can't expect it not to. Exactly. I think. And and you know what? We are so lucky that we uh, got you on the podcast oh, here today. So, no, thank it's you It's been so such much. a wonderful conversation and I'm just so sure that our listeners or anyone watching has benefited so much from this conversation. No, thank you so, so much for having so much. me. I enjoyed that. Thank, thank you. you.